Welcome to Otaku Ryoho on the Geek Therapy Network, where we talk about mental health, psychology, life through anime. My name is Oswald Cardona, and I'm joined by John Ramos. Hello, John. Hi. So today, specifically what we're talking about is informal education, specifically the informal education of history. Yeah. And the accurate representation thereof <laughs> through anime mm-hmm. through anime. so so i mean I, I chose a topic but where do you how do you want to take this what did you what did you watch what was your research Oof, I, I was okay hmm. hmm okay so okay hmm okay so i when i heard about this topic i was like oh yeah i'm gonna do some research i'm gonna watch new anime i'm gonna do a lot of stuff and then I I watched a few videos on Japanese history and I watched uh, a few anime from a list of like uh, supposedly like historically accurate anime. And then I got nothing. I have I, I have no idea. Like I don't have an approach to this episode specifically. Like I I, I saw a lot, but I felt like I didn't have much to talk about. So I okay. felt okay. I was thinking like, oh, I sure hope Jose knows where where to take this episode. <laughs> this gonna, may be a short one. This, this may be a very short episode. This will be a practice in improv skills. <laughs> so, so let me tell you what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Right, my 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 thought process was, mm-hmm. I love. Okay, let, let's take it back to episode number one of okay. this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe zero. I don't remember what you ended up doing with the with the naming conventions or what we did. Uh, but round one. Was it round one? Okay. Yeah. So in round one, right, there is no round zero. We did round one. So yeah. in round one, we talked about no, it was round two where we did this, right? Where we talked about uh what we knew about Japanese culture. Yeah, that's round two. Yeah. So this is basically this is the sequel to round two. This is round two two. Mm-hmm. And uh part two. And there's a lot of thinking, delay in this room. <laughs> what I was thinking was, okay, so I love these samurai shows. Okay. I love that period. I have assumptions about what is true about Japanese history based on that because that's my only context. I didn't learn about Japan in school. I don't learn about Japanese history. I haven't watched, not that I remember, any documentaries on on samurai. I've only watched, not only have I just watched anime that represents samurais, but I've seen things like 47 Ronin with Keanu Reeves and The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how accurate those movies are. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not certain. So when it comes to anime, there are some that, that have stood out to me over, over the years. Um, there was, actually, oh, I can't remember the name of, maybe you can remember, there was this one that was like super violent. Back in the 90s, everybody had the tape because it had like this guy having sex with this woman at the beginning. And it was like, it was one of those where like when you cut people, it was like, just like Samurai everywhere. X. No, 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 not Samurai mm. X. Um, mm. oh, it, it, hopefully it'll come to me later. Like Lone but, Wolfie, like, um, yeah. Mm. But remember. speaking of Samurai X, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there, there's, that's the OVA, right, for, for um, uh, Rurouni Kenshin. And I don't know. I always thought Rurouni Kenshin was, like, pretty accurate. It turns out. It's not. So I also found a list <laughs> online, which, which was, like, historically yeah. accurate and not historically, historically accurate. And it turns out that Rurouni Kenshin, uh, the character 
of Kenshin was a real person. Based on in a real, a real period. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that he battles are real people. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the rest is just bullshit, right? There's <laughs> so it's literally like, so this is the life of Abraham Lincoln after the Civil War. And then you see Abraham Lincoln fighting every single, like, uh, Civil War general that he's was a, in the Civil War. Uh, also, he's a vampire hunter. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if, it's like if you learned your, your Abraham Lincoln um, history from Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, kind of. It's more like, I don't know if you've ever seen, I believe it was Rome on HBO. No. It was one of these things where it's like, it's going through Roman history, but then it inserts a character like a, a made-up character, so he's mm-hmm. your perspective, and he moves through all of the most important uh, events in Roman history. Okay, and not only was that not true that one person connected all of these uh, parts, but also like he, the guy didn't exist. And so there's a lot of liberties, a lot of dramatization. Yeah, and do, those, a, do all of those events happen within a lifetime? Uh like all like historically yeah, so, speaking. I believe so. Okay. But, you know, it's funny. I think it did a lot of things that like, Game of Thrones was criticized for later. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it took you three hours to cross 3,000 miles, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, it did things like that. Like, from one day to the next, you got to Egypt and, and I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, it, it was one of those things where I was like, am I learning or am I not learning something? So, it turns out, with R- R- Roni Kenshin... It, it's better that I don't remember many details of the show because it was very inaccurate. And I, I don't know. I always have this, there's something about historical fiction that I, that I love. I love playing with it, mm-hmm. but I, it, it bothers me. This is something that comes up on GT radio often, mm-hmm. uh, or it's come up uh, often lately where uh, Lauren Keller will say that like, people know better. Mm-hmm. And I always argue that they don't, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, I don't know that the samurai history that I'm seeing in Moroni Kenshin isn't true. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just there. And then, so the only, it's a, it's glamorized, first of all, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, it's like the wild west. When you read the history of the wild west, it's very, it's, it's not, it's not as cool as it was as it is in Western films. I think newer Western films are way more gritty mm-hmm. about that kind of thing. Um, there's also there's been like an erasure of black cowboys. Yeah. And historically, if you look at those, like oh, like black cowboys existed, but you never see that in movies. At least yeah. not until recently. And when it happens recently, you're like, I don't even even I've thought of like oh, they're you know they're being. Like for the sake of diversity, they they you know they put a black man in a in a cowboy yeah. hat. It's mm-hmm. like oh no, actually they existed. They're, they're, that was true. Yeah, and yeah, that's so... the same thing that happened like when they released the game uh, Kingdom Come, mm-hmm. where they had no black characters, and that was like a criticism. And they were like, well, this is European history, and there were no black people in European history. And it was like, have you uh, <laughs> have you read uh, Othello? <laughs> Like so, <laughs> the main character is black, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is um, a clear example of, you know, history is written by the ones who like Are live to tell it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not only so. So there's different versions of this. I, I like that one, right? So there's what you just said, which is like history is written by the by the ones in power, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which means that you can you can uh, silence voices that you don't want heard. Also, mm-hmm. like in in the case of a war, like the winning side is going to write the history. Yeah, <laughs> because you can't history off the other of progress, one. right? Like. Just the history in general, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, we won, so mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about the the embarrassing losses. We're not going to talk about this or that. Like, yeah. and you can if you want, right? I mean, there's there are historians, there are other things, but then I heard one today which I really I really liked. It was um, it was a webinar, and, and she said, like, history is written by the ones who, or like, it was talking about Wikipedia specifically. It was like, no, like the information that the world has access to is written by the people that show up. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah. Like, so if nobody, if the greatest historian in, in, in the world doesn't write it down, then we're not going to see it. If they don't, if they aren't consulted in anime, then I'm not, I'm not going to get it. Right. Like that's, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how historically accurate again, movies like the last samurai are. Yeah. And sometimes you want to take those creative liberties. Like, and your your purpose is not to like accurately portray a part of history is to like do speculative fiction on history right like what if the nazis would have won or why like i want to create this character at this particular time period but i want to change the way their story goes but that's not something that the audience necessarily knows that exactly. you're that you're playing with that right exactly there's a there's a series on apple tv right now mm-hmm. apple tv plus that's called, oh, I forgot. It's by Ron Moore, who made Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And it's about the space race mm-hmm. in, like, to get to the moon. Mm-hmm. But what if Russia made it first to the moon? Like mm-hmm. all of the ramifications that that would have on America. Mm-hmm. It's a cool idea. Um, Man in the High Castle on, on, on Amazon. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's also a book, but there's a series on Amazon. And it's about like, oh, what if what if Germany had the first atom bomb? What yeah. if that side won? Mm-hmm. What would happen to the United States? It's like, I love that stuff. But if it's, if it's the only version that I know, <laughs> like that one's really easy to know that it's not true mm-hmm. because I know <laughs> yeah. that the United, in, the, in that example, uh, Man in the High Castle, the United States is like split in half. The Eastern half is, uh, is German. The Western half is japanese mm-hmm. it's like part of japan and part of germany yeah so like you see the reich in new york and i'm like no i know this isn't true <laughs> mm-hmm. so that one's easier but in a place like japan which i've never been to and the history that i'm unaware of yeah. it's uh it's those, a lot easier those, to get carried away well it's like and those shows are great they're fun which mm-hmm. means that they're more engaging which means that i'm more likely to remember this list of names of assassins in Rurouni Kenshin than, you know, if I read a, the history of Japan, a boring history book, a yeah. boring history chapter. Like mm-hmm. you can write, there's a, there's an art to writing narrative uh, history, like narrative nonfiction. And mm-hmm. that can be a history book. And that is, uh, I mean, it, it would be right. It, <laughs> right. A narrative nonfiction like representing a time period and, and all these stories like, Oh yeah. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And- Although uh, funny. Uh, I've been, I, I live in Chicago now. Mm-hmm. 
And I've been trying to get up on the history. So there's a few books, like one about the south side of Chicago, which is where I live now, one about the University of Chicago, which is where I work. And there's this one uh, pretty popular book called The Devil in the White City. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be made into a series by Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to someone, to a, to a Chicago native recently about that book. And one Chicago native told me about it. And it's like, oh, you see the history of that time period through a murder and the, and the, and the world's fair that was here in Chicago during that time. It's like, it's a fascinating look at the history of Chicago, all these important events. And this one, like con artist, I'm like, Oh, that's fantastic. I spoke to another native, uh, Chicago native who was like, that book is bullshit. They, yeah. they changed this and this and this, and that main character was like this and that's not true. And like, mm-hmm. you can look it up. And I was like, so, but I know a lot of people that are like, oh, you want to learn the history of Chicago? You need to read Devil in the White City. They accept it as fact. And yeah. I mean, well, you could say that about tons of just history in general, right? Yeah, <laughs> you don't and know. Cons- like conspiracy books. Like there's mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of people who learn a lot of, of, and they believe to have learned a lot of history from the Da Vinci Code books. <laughs> That's a good example. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like... I personally feel I've learned a lot about history from the Assassin's Creed games, right? Yeah. And one thing yeah. about those games that I actually I, I would praise it is that they they actually have the codex, which would, it, it, it sort of tells you like, this is actually part of something that we researched as opposed to like the story. Like, this is what we actually know about this specific character, right? Yeah. Um, and they, they sometimes do those divisions so you know what part is fiction and what part isn't but most media doesn't do that yeah yeah um Mm -hmm. also shout out to the codex podcast Mm -hmm. on the geek therapy network which is all about assassin's creed hosted by mark whitties it's a good show i think it's good i think it's pretty good if you like assassin's creed i think it's pretty good it's pretty good i think it's pretty good yeah and Um, another thing i was sort of meaning to bring up is that there's like a lot of conspiracy in this, right? But there's a certain part of history that is fictionalized by nature. If you have somebody write down history, it's already a form of fiction because there's there's like a, a perspective that is being like a bias that's within that work of, of history, right? When you read like Greek history, there's a lot of mythology that is blended within the history to the point where you don't know what's fact and what isn't. And there's researchers that sort of try to pry those apart. But in the end, we're always trusting a secondhand account, right? Yeah. And then there's, you know, a lot of people can believe the same thing, and that doesn't mean it's true, right? You know, even the Bible has uh, multiple chapters talking about the same events, and they're a little bit different. Mm Mm-hmm. If we had like this sort of apocalypse, right? And then um, years into the future, somebody finds this like this this memory card and it has like somebody who wrote a Word document and it said that people contracted coronavirus from Corona beer, right? <laughs> that that becomes the truth of our of our history, even if it wasn't. And then, that's the only version that's written down, yeah. Yeah, that's the only version that's written down. And so there's a lot of people who believe that. So who's to say that, you know, we have seven people who believe the same thing, so it must be, it must be true, right? 
And and we have that sort of like, we, we can't really trust history, but at the same time, we have to work with something. So I, I'm somebody that believes like mythology to be part of history, not because it necessarily happened, but because it influences culture and, and, and history itself. So personally, I'm the, I was the sort of person that hated history class. In, in high school. Hmm. And part of it was because of the way it was taught to me, uh, a little bit of, of personal history. Most of my history classes were the type of history classes where exams were just memorized dates and people's names and what they did, right? And history just seemed to me to be a, like a just a list of people's and dates and what they did and wars that I did not care about, battles that I personally did not care about. So in the end, like I was bored to death by history. And when I came, when I went to college, like everything changed because when I took my first humanities class, it was a history like grounded in humanities. So they would sort of teach us how philosophy, art, and you know, like how they would change the framework of how the major events of history happened. And I think it it has to do a lot with how if you find an angle that you're interested in, it's a lot easier to learn something. And personally, I wasn't interested in the history of war, but I was interested in the history of philosophy. And the more I learned about the history of philosophy, the more I became interested in every other part of history because everything is connected. And so when when I talk about history, I love to talk about not like major events or or like major people, but major thoughts. That's that's personally what what I like the most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between the teacher that the test was on what year did this happen and what year did that happen mm-hmm. versus what was the outcome of this event and how did it change the world? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, like that, yeah, that's meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> Not what was the date of or who was Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So 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 now you have a different appreciation for history. Yeah, I do. So do you like historically uh, or historic um anime? Um I haven't seen enough to particularly form an opinion, especially, especially like from the lists that I found during my research, <laughs> there's not a lot. Like, so what about something like Fruits Basket? Like when does that, is that contemporary? Is that like happening today? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much contemporary. Okay. Okay. I, well, I contemporary to the nineties. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, that's true. Good point. Um, but I love the aesthetics of Japanese history. Right. And I love the art of Japanese history, the music, the the lifestyle of of like traditional Japanese different periods of Japanese history doesn't mean that I want to learn a lot about like the 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 Meiji era or like every single emperor, which is a very complicated history. Um, There's this video on YouTube that I think I sent you. You did. As part yeah. of like my research of this episode. It's fantastic. I subscribed called, to that channel immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's called The History of Japan. And it's the same guy. I've, like He had a video that became even more famous than this one that was like a brief history of the world. 
and he speaks very quickly. Bill Wirtz, yes. And he speaks very quickly and and but it's it, it just catches your attention because of how funny and quick the history is. And by the end, you're like, I learned a lot, but at the same time, I don't remember anything. So you want to watch it again. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can tolerate history in those sort of like small bursts. Tolerate <laughs> history. But um but yeah, like when it gets like very, very when there's a lot of names or a lot of like uh like institutions like political institutions it it gets a bit boring for me well i i i used to love history mm-hmm. when i was when i was a kid i used to there was something about like it didn't seem i thought there were great stories even within the context of a textbook i mm-hmm. thought it was actually i know exactly what it is I've brought this up in the past and, and and it keeps making more and more sense. I love world building, right? Mm-hmm. And stories. And the idea that these worlds existed that are nothing like the one that I have that I live in right now mm-hmm. were fascinating to me. Yeah. Like there were pharaohs and there were like Egypt was like, what? You know, and, and just anything that was very different from what I knew. Mm-hmm. Which history is full of, obviously, because <laughs> the world has changed a lot in our lifetime. So there is just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And mm-hmm. so in broad strokes of the world building, I like it. Uh, I believe it can be a little boring depending on what, what story you're telling, but there are so many stories to tell. And how you tell the story also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so t- to that point, a few years ago, I don't, know, I don't remember when exactly this happened, but it happened when I was uh, practicing as a therapist in my prior practice. I came to the... I, became, I came to suspect and later um, confirmed through research mm-hmm. that human memory is absolute garbage. It is. So in a way, I don't trust what people say. This is why I, ve- I very much focus on when people say about how they feel mm-hmm. and how they think, but I don't put much stock into the 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 course of events or specific details because we're just so bad at it. It's like, I don't trust, I don't trust what people tell me and I don't trust what I say. If you're recounting yeah. an event, right? I can be absolutely 100% certain that I did or said a certain thing. And if you had recorded me and played it back, it's very likely that I was wrong because that's just, that's just human memory. Absolute garbage. So look, thinking of history through that lens, uh, I, you would think that I would watch anything historical and just be like, it's cool. It was fun. I like, you know, who cares that they changed it? It doesn't, what, what does it matter? It was fun. I, I went to see a movie. I didn't go to see a documentary. Mm-hmm. Although a documentary can also be full of lies and, and all of that. But there's still something, <laughs> it still bothers me that if it's the only thing that you saw, then then that's yeah. your, uh, that's your version of it. Yeah. And so, so uh, let me go to this list uh, that I found, which is probably if if you if you research this topic, it's the first article that'll come up from Comic Book Resources. I'm sure you read it too. Mm-hmm. And the way it's framed is interesting. It's uh, it's five the five most historically accurate anime of all time, and the five most inaccurate. Yeah. I'm sure this is uh, oversimplification. And this was written in oh no, it's pretty recent, 2020. Look at that. There we go. Okay. So, so the first one that it mentions is, as a most accurate is Grave of the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to, I'm only out of the 10, I've only seen four. 
So I'm only going to mention the four that I've seen. Actually, no, bullshit. I think I've only seen three. So I'm only going to mention the ones that I've seen. So Grave of the Fireflies. According to this list, uh, Grave of the Fireflies is well known for being both pretty historically accurate when it comes to the history of Japan's involvement in World War II and their receipt of one of the most heinous military attacks in the world's history after atomic bombs were dropped on the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That is a hard movie to watch, but it is the... Even though it says that it's accurate, I didn't. I didn't look this up, but uh, but I, and I should have now that I I, I think mm-hmm. about it. But this, it's really the story of two kids in the middle of all these events. Yeah, and it's I'm unless there was a journal, right? And even even the journal could be inaccurate based on what we just talked about human history. Mm-hmm. Although such a traumatic event may be like there may be some more accurate detail due to the to the intensity of the of the memory at first mm-hmm. if it was written down uh, soon after but I, I don't know like the world the setting is pretty accurate i think it's drawn accurately i think and but i don't know if that's like if what these two kids experienced was exactly that i think that's part like i think grave of the fireflies is cheating because <laughs> like sure it's accurate but mostly because the only part of history that depends on you sort of like finding out whether it's accurate or not is like the background of the story. Like the fact that they were bombed at a specific location is the only part of the story you need to say this story is most is very accurate. The rest of it is just a story about a boy and his sister. Well, no, I mean, I'll argue that there's way more to it than that. There's how you represent the weapons of the area, the the of the era, the uniforms. Yeah, that's true. Like the, the location, the aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. Like and, there's lots of details that you can change, right? Like, like I love it when you when you deep dive into YouTube and you look at an analysis of something. They're like, you know, this movie was uh, is representing the 1920s, and that weapon did what didn't exist until 1942. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, true. Oh that's shit. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that there's mm-hmm. like a level of detail there that is is accurate but i agree like it, it's cheating in the way that's like it uses them which is a great storytelling device and that's why mm-hmm. i think the movie is is amazing i mean if you i'm assuming it's on blu-ray uh, but i had the dvd and the dvd had commentary by roger ebert like he was he was into anime and he had uh very high uh he like he he highly respected this movie and i believe he did a whole commentary track for the film so I've seen the movie multiple times <laughs> yeah. with commentary, without commentary. Uh, but it is, it is hard. Like it is, oh, like it is, that's a, it's a hard movie to watch, but, but like, it's cool to know that someone took the the time and effort to make it, to represent the, the era accurately. And, yeah. and I think that something that's like the most you can do, right? Like if people are like flying all over the place, like I know when I watch like a Kung Fu movie, people aren't like jumping on bamboo, right? Like I, I know that people can't do that. People couldn't do that back then, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, oh, like they're, they're retelling an event in history. Um, let me see. The, the next one is least accurate spice and wolf. I've never watched it. Have you watched that? No. Most accurate Rose of Versailles. Never watched it. Never watched it. Uh, least accurate Ruroni Kenshin. This one, as I've already yeah. mentioned, we discussed it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It says, is a great historical shonen series, even if the history most definitely isn't all the way where it should be. <laughs> Almost yeah. the whole cast of characters is based on an actual historical person, but they aren't really portrayed very true to life whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. It details a rogue assassin who left his life of murder and war to protect the folk in the countryside, vowing never again to take another life. The setting is fairly accurate as far as history goes with uh, with what the time of turmoil that was 1800s Japan being portrayed as such, where the constant exchanges of power from emperors to shogunate and the military might reign supreme. I learned that from, from the video, from the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, Kenshin's historical precursor never decided to abandon military life in the same way Kenshin did, and as such was executed. So, like, like his his whole story is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. The character existed. All these other characters, what they did, not true. Now, I still feel like and this doesn't give me the answer, but like because this doesn't give me an answer, and I haven't looked it up, I still believe that that era looks like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That people went to the noodle shop like that, that people dressed like that. that and, and I know that some of that is true, right? Like there were samurai. The shogun were, were a thing. People like, did hire samurai for protection. Like some of that is true. Um, obviously, like the, there's other stuff that's, there's, there's a lot of wonderful magic and, uh, and super martial arts that make the show a lot of fun. But I still like a big, like I would expect to go to a museum in Japan and see stuff that looks like what that show is, and one day I hope to be proven right or wrong. Yeah, actually, I I can attest that the aesthetics of of Rurouni Kenshin, like the neighborhoods and just how it looks, it is accurate to to Meiji era Japan, because when when I was out on my honeymoon, I went to Gion, which is like the the geisha district of Japan. And uh, by law, they have to maintain a Meiji era um, aesthetic. Cool. All, oh, the, cool. all the businesses have to maintain a, a Meiji era aesthetic. There's a Starbucks with a Meiji era aesthetics awesome. there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was there, I was like, this is Rurouni Kenshin. I'm in the set. <laughs> this is where oh, they recorded Rurouni Kenshin. <laughs> this is where they, there's, actually, there's live action versions. I wonder... Mm-hmm. I've never seen them. I've only seen the anime. Yeah, but, what uh, if that was actually recorded in Gion? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so the next one on the list is uh, considered mo- most accurate, and this one is "The Wind Rises." Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I've never been able to watch the film. Me neither. And it's not available anywhere. But I'm hoping it's available H- in Netflix England. <laughs> yeah, but um, but HBO Max in the United States bought the rights to the entire uh, Ghibli catalog. What? So the streaming rights. So the movie will be, I mean, I'm assuming that it's a part of that package. Mm -hmm. All Ghibli movies will be, will be available on HBO HBO max day one. So I'm hoping that the wind rises is there because I never got to see it, but I really want to see it. Least accurate samurai champloo. This one I never expected <laughs> to be <laughs> historically accurate, but it does it it does have like I, I used to I really liked it when it came out because it definitely felt cool like Cowboy Bebop. It was, it was the same people that made it, mm-hmm. but it was like the animation was it looked newer than Rurouni Kenshin. So to me, it was like oh like new samurai. <laughs> it was it was good. Uh, here it says Samurai Champloo is an undisputed modern classic of anime, but isn't necessarily be- but it isn't necessarily because of how historically accurate it was as a depiction of the Edo period. Mm-hmm. It's just a highly stylized tale about two samurais, their their companion, and the search for the samurai that smells of sunflowers. Yeah. The Edo period ran from 1603. 
through to the year 1868 and is really common setting for anime uh, for anime that's set in a historical Japanese period since it's such a transi- uh, transitory time for the country. While some details are definitely inspired by history here and there, the spin on the period kind of dist- detracts from that format. And it's mm-hmm. true. It's a very stylized, cool uh, uh, anime, yeah. but set in that period. So, so I really, I loved it. I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, this is uh, Most Accurate Kingdom, but uh, ironically, this is a history of China, mm. not not Japan. Um, actually, like Versailles was France, and yeah. <laughs> this one is uh, Least Accurate Vinland Saga. This is takes Northern, place in the, like this is North America that was explored, the mm. bit of North America that was explored by Leif Erikson okay. in the 1100s. Uh, here it says. Most accurate, Hyoge Mono. That's the one I've seen everybody mention as the most accurate hmm. historical anime there is. Hmm. It says, it's pretty much the holy grail of historical fiction anime since this is the one we were talking about when we mentioned that the language used in one of these anime was so complicated and outdated that Japanese students had trouble with the translation when they were writing a fan sub. Mm-hmm. It tells the story of a vassal to Oda Nobunaga, uh, a man who attempted to unify Japan. This vassal must decide how to balance his subordination to his lord with his love for the peaceful art of the tea ceremony. <laughs> and then the other one here is uh, like a least accurate, but apparently, um, I mean, I think I think with our history conversation, we 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 prove the point. But it's cool that there are some anime that uh, mm-hmm. that there was some care put into them, like that, like. Um, that's crazy about the the language. That's something, unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to appreciate because I don't know Japanese well enough to then feel that that would, that it's like, I don't know. It's like watching a Shakespeare play, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. kind of hard to understand because people used to talk a different way. Yeah. I can appreciate that, but I wouldn't be able to appreciate that in Japanese, but I appreciate the idea. Yeah. It's, it's like reading cool. the Canterbury tales. Yeah. Or, and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Written. Yeah. If um, you actually read like the original, it's like, nigh unreadable unless you like really sit down with it and <laughs> and and try to like piece it together yeah um, well I, I mean it's interesting that we have so many examples i mean i wonder if there are many more examples there probably are many more examples in uh obviously in japanese literature of what we're talking about mm-hmm. it's probably obvious it's it's probably just that it hasn't happened a lot in in anime yeah yeah i'm, try, I'm trying to get out of my Duh, obviously that's true. <laughs> oh, wow. Actually, well, when, I think I think I think that's it for me from from about yeah. uh, one one last thing on the oh, on the oh, okay. language thing. Go for it. When I went when I went to Japan, I wanted to see no theater. What is this? Like kabuki theater? Oh, okay. No yeah. theater like all it's like very traditional Japanese form of of theater that you obs- uh, often see like in you see a very like orientalized version of it, like in in a lot of like Western shows, where there's like people yeah. with a lot of makeup just like doing these elaborate dances. Yeah. Um, but I, what I found fascinating is that as I was sifting through things to do in Japan, it said no theater. Like it's very pretty, but you won't understand what's happening, partly because like they're speaking in old Japanese, but don't worry, like most Japanese like natives don't even understand what's going on, like in in what they're saying. Most Japanese natives don't understand the language 
in, in no theater. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's like seeing opera in Latin, right? Or any language that you don't know. Yeah. So I, I found that fascinating, the fact that it yeah, said, yeah. like, most natives don't understand the language itself. Yeah, yeah. Which but, I mean, but like the the opera example is a is a perfect one. Mm-hmm. I mean, assuming there there are operas in Latin, is yeah. that true? There's a lot of opera songs that are sung in Latin. Then it's, there you go. That's yeah. a perfect uh, parallel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I found that fascinating. That was yeah. that's, that's, it, it I found it less fascinating because we have parallels in, in other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now Japan is a little bit less fascinating for you. It's yeah, it's not so special. I mean, mm-hmm. they, I mean. In a sense, right? It's it, it's not that different from what's happened everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same, you know, it's funny. We're talking about it as people who live in America appreciating Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. The same thing we know. The same thing has happened for forever with Western culture. Yeah, like people have an idea of what New York is. People have an idea of what California is like. Mm-hmm. The Wild West brought a lot of people over. They're like, oh, like I I want to be a cowboy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, because there were so many stories and so that's just what's going to happen when you but yeah i mean i think i think the the bottom line of this exploration there wasn't a point that i was trying to make i just wanted to explore the this idea but like in general yeah. media like can't can't trust the historical accuracy right. it doesn't matter if it is a historical piece even if it's a documentary you don't know like who wrote the history where is this coming from i love yeah. it like like when steve jobs died there were two biographies and the, and the second one was written like in response to like how inaccurate they felt the first one was. It's like he just died. Like th- this shouldn't there shouldn't be that much confusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much time didn't pass. But uh, yeah. So thank you for exploring uh, history. Not just again. And I framed otherwise, it in not the sense history. Of, yeah, I mean, I framed it in the sense of informal education because it's true. There's so much that you learn outside of formal education. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't know any better. So yeah. to me, you know, I thought Kenshin was a real guy. Oh, well. Yeah, and there's there's a lot you learn, even if like 90% of your knowledge is is not true. Like there's a lot you learn simply by getting acquainted with topics. Like I'm sure if you talk to anybody else about chakras, people will be like, oh, that's a completely foreign topic to me. But if you tell it to a Naruto fan, they'll at least understand that you know, there are like focal energy points and like they're they're distributed across like in a straight line across your body. And well, so the- <laughs> but it doesn't the- mean that their knowledge of chakras is like super like accurate, but it does mean that they have like a, a preliminary understanding to which like as you add things on top, it'll become easier for them to learn. I mean, the, the point is that informal education exists. You you learn mm-hmm. stuff from the stuff, especially if you're a yeah. big fan, you're mm-hmm. going to absorb that information. You're going to learn those names. Mm-hmm. But most of it is just, even if it's based on history, it's not true. Yeah. Most of it is not true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do you got for next week? Okay. So for next week, I went for something rather simple considering the, the conversation we're having. <laughs> I want to talk about anime that specifically attempts to give formal education what and this yeah i'm gonna talk about there's specific anime you're gonna make me watch cells at work yeah we're gonna watch cells at work there we go that you described it last week like going to school Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but that's not the same as the the school episode 
which is still like on 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 hold. But there is a lot of anime actually that it, actually for this episode, there's a an anime called um, I forgot completely, but it was Japanese history with cats. <laughs> it's on Crunchyroll, and it's literally. It takes like all the stories of Japanese history, but then adds cats to the point where at some point I was getting a little annoyed because they were <laughs> they were focusing too much on the cat factor and, and not as much to the like history factor. Describe cat factor. So hmm, <laughs> let's see. So in one part of history, Himiko, which is one of the she's a, a woman that that an empress, I believe, or queen that brought together a lot of clans in Japan. She sent um, a few people to bring presents to to China, right? As a, as a form of diplomatic, sort of initiating diplomatic relations with China, right? And so they, there was this whole bit where they were focusing on how much the cats did not like the ocean because they were on boats and they were uncomfortable and, and stuff like that. And then there's a lot of like, catnip imagery and how they how much they're obsessed with catnip and it's like they're they're teaching you about japanese history but sometimes they commit too much to just like the cat imagery <laughs> got it got i it. don't know but um there's there's a lot of anime and, and this is something very particular i i believe about japan that actually tries to educate you in a sort of very entertaining way but like Again, like not to not to take away from the, mm-hmm. the specialness of Japan or anime, mm-hmm. but I think that that's something that is common in in okay. in other I, countries and languages too, right? Yeah, I do. I do agree that like people try to um, make education interesting and fun. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a very normal thing, right? We have yeah. educational animation or stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but. I think it's more there's something about the Japanese style of accomplishing that, right? And okay, okay. the way everything, it, it I'll, I think I'll talk about it more in the next episode, but it has to do a lot with the aesthetics, how they, okay. they sort of bring like these like text boxes that look like video game text boxes just to give you sort of like information about something, which is something that we discussed in, a, in our second episode about culture. And how they give like this little tidbits of like cultural facts. Well, how Excel had pop-ups, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, exactly. Excel saga. It, yeah. It's something like that. And you know how whenever I look up like books about learning Japanese, there's always like a manga version that try to tries to teach you Japanese in a sort of like comic book format or like how to draw. I mean, we there's always that like here. I mean, in the United States, that happens too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm just, yeah. just trying to say, and I'm, I'm just saying it's something we have in common. <laughs> yeah. It is something we have in common. Yeah. yeah what I'm yeah. trying to say is okay. more, it's like, I wanted to discuss the Japanese aesthetic of that, like the Japanese way of addressing. Okay. That. Okay. And it's great that we do this show, like picking, like we, we take turns because mm-hmm. if not, we'd never agree on topics, I think. Yeah. Or rarely. Probably we agree on topics. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think part of what interested me more about this, like starting this show is that I know that we are two very, like we have a lot in common, but at the same time, I feel like our tastes are very, very different, actually. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. 
like we're both geeks and there's a lot of stuff that we like jointly but i think like just our general like our aesthetics taste is very different the yeah. mechas isn't something that particularly interests me but <laughs> it's definitely something that that you love the aesthetics of mecha right stuff I, like I, that i do but like it that's like like to me like gundam is a is a most of the shows are stories about they're not about big robots they're about war and politics yeah, exactly. and you know, which is also something that's not i'm not particularly interested in got it, got like it, got war it. and politics yeah. yeah no i mean i mean, I love me some some uh i, I like a little bit of everything yeah yeah but uh, but uh, mm-hmm. you, your point is valid i'm not, i'm excited about this when you mentioned cells at work last week mm-hmm. i was i was uh i was intrigued because there are, there are plenty of examples besides cells at work okay. but because i'm a medical student and i love medicine i, I just want to put this one on the spotlight which other one should I watch or should people watch? Oof, okay. There's an okay, there's another medical one, but Damn mm, it, man. <laughs> it isn't particularly my favorite. And I don't even remember the name. But I think they focused too much on erectile dysfunction. To okay. the to the point where I, I think they they like rely too much on pervy jokes. But was um, the science accurate? Was it educational? It is educational. Okay. Uh, or at least as far as I as I as I watched, it is educational, and it's on it's on Crunchyroll. So, um, oh, I just realized we're definitely going to talk about hentai next week. Oh no! Wait, what? Yep. Why? Why? Because of uh, educational representations through aesthetics and animation. But I, I mean, is that an an is there an anime that actually tries you like its goal is to provide formal education? I'm. Uh, I'll, there, I'll make my case next week. <laughs> there could be one. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'll make my case in the next episode. Okay. I don't know. We'll see where that conversation goes. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. See, the, our conversations will take us to very different paths. So, so was was your idea for next week inspired by this episode, or yeah, was it something? It okay. was okay. So, okay. because we were talking about history and how. Okay how like it's often fictionalized and a lot of anime is just it, it seeks to primarily be a, a, a fictional story within yeah. a non-fictional context then okay. so, i would so, like to talk about anime that that tries to be even if it's a fictional story it tries to express like its main goal is to teach you about something that's true okay right okay so is, so uh give me another example that isn't medical necessarily or about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> okay, give me give me a second. So the first one of them, like, for example, Cooking Wars, it, it does teach you how to sort of like get dishes, like how specific dishes are done. It does wait, 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 of- wait, 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 wait. So I, I haven't watched this, but mm-hmm. I'm very excited mm-hmm. because if this is like anime food channel. Mm-hmm. It is. Or, or like, like, but where the recipes are legit. Yes. Okay, I need to check out. Okay, is is yeah. it where can I watch Food Wars? Uh, cook, what what is it called? Food Wars. It's Food in Wars. it's in in Crunchyroll. Oh, also, um, Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone, like, okay. it does focus week, on, on understanding like uh like chemistry and physics. Okay. It it takes those moments, educational moments, and okay. I think it's when I watch that episode that the that specific anime. I think the writers of this show were specifically trying to get kids interested in 
in science or anybody who watches we're trying to get them interested in science and how like fascinating science is so i am i am my cynicism is like uh <laughs> fired up so i'm i'm really looking forward to checking these out and uh okay being being pleasant i hope to be very surprised uh by by these shows because i'm thinking and this might be another episode in the future mm-hmm. but there's this idea that uh like is is anime for all ages in Japan or is it designed specifically for children? So like if we watch something like again, I haven't seen Cooking Wars, but if Cooking Wars for us is like, oh, this this anime is funny and clever and cool, but for the Japanese it's like watching Barney and Friends, mm-hmm. then that's a whole that's an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, like, it, like I'm think, imagining that you're you want me to watch Sesame Street is what I'm thinking. So I'm 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 looking forward to checking out these series. At least I can say Cells at Work has gathered a pretty big fan base. I've heard of it. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. They've okay. even started a. This is hilarious. They started a a spinoff. So Cells at Work occurs like in a generally healthy. Save it. Save it for next week. Okay, fine. Why? Fine. Okay, I'll save it for next week. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Okay, let's do this. I'm excited. I look forward to joining the Cells at Work Reddit and uh, and interacting with the apparently uh, rabid community. (laughs) No, I'm excited. Make sure and, you know, share a list of uh, other ones that you you think or that article that you checked out that has a list um, and where I can watch them. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Otaku Ryoho. If you want to contact us, you can contact us as at our Twitters, at the Discord, which is where we mostly are, or at the forums. The links will be below in the show notes. If you want to sort of watch more episodes, please do at otaku.geektherapy.com. And that's pretty much it, right? You got it right this time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.